What is up, guys? It's Jacob, and we're back on the podcast with a very, very special guest today from Misa Mosa. Misa, <laughs> nice <laughs> to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Jacob. Uh, no worries. So we just decided that we would do something casual, something light. We have some questions for Misa, who actually grew up in the States, and for someone like me, who was spending quite a bit of time in Japan, we have a few topics we can get through today. I wanted to ask you, what got you into the whole English teaching thing? I know that was not your like first step into social media, but what made you make the change to creating English content? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, because I was, I used to make a lot of like comedy skits, um, oh, lip syncing on TikTok audio. So that's how I first started TikTok because I actually wanted to make actually one of my first videos. The first video I made on TikTok is about English learning. So I think I came full circle. So it was like how to say you got me and like hiragana, you got me, but you got me kind of like that. That was my first video, random video I made on TikTok. And then that didn't really go viral or anything. I think I made like two kinds of those. And then I went to more of like casual Japanese kinds of TikTok. Then I did my lip syncing. And then that went viral. So I started just with lip syncing. And then that got me to, into more of acting. Because when you lip sync, you have to act. And then from there, I went into original, like making my original kind of skits and acting. And then beginning of June, um, I, I was just like not getting like, you know, I was like, maybe this isn't it. My content isn't it. So my friend was like, oh, I think you should try this. And then that was the like English, like I think it was like the delicious one. It was like a really a stupid one. <laughs> yeah. That's the first video I saw of yours. And I was like, holy crap, this girl has so much energy. I didn't realize that was your first English video. I was like, why have I not seen this girl before? Because she's great. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that was kind of your first English video that you switched when you switched over and I had commented on it and you didn't respond to me. <laughs> no, yeah, I just responded like last week and I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, Jacob, English with Jacob. <laughs> has yeah, I was pretty disappointed. So I was like, because I was commenting and I was like, okay, maybe this is what usually happens is I comment on someone's post and they go, oh, it's Jacob. And then they send me a message. And I was like, did she even see my comment? So I sent you a message and I was like, by the way, I really like your energy and like, let's maybe do something together. Thank you. Yeah, I, I actually didn't see it um, because it was just a lot of like, it came very like it, my notification started to flood and I was like, oh my gosh um so yeah I wasn't like catching up with all the comments um and I was trying yeah so no I was like I can't believe I missed Jacob's comment <laughs> I, I saw you respond to it just recently yeah. um, it's a few days ago um, I know. <laughs> what, yeah. what were you I feeling i was... oh, sorry go ahead please go ahead I was just gonna ask what were you feeling when you started to notice that you're gaining followers so quickly um so because I was like working every single day like to make content like I think it's just like a passion of mine I'm not really good at it but I'm just like really passionate about it to create something and um, I'm like a kid like I'm not good at it but I want to like try to be better so um and there were some like disappointing times where you know, it's just like you put so much effort and then maybe a content that looks so, you know, like effortless um, gets like so many views and like engagement. Um, but when I first um, posted that video and I was like getting followers, I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Like maybe people, um, pe maybe I should like help people with like English or because I've been doing that offline for like five years now five plus years 
So it's like, I guess it's now a, a little skill of mine, perhaps like teaching English to Japanese people. Um, but I've never kind of showcased that on social media. So I was like, oh, maybe this is, this is it, you know, like this is like the content that people want. So I'll make more of it. So that's mm-hmm. just how I felt. I was just like, oh, this is, you know, this is the direction I should go into. So you didn't have any like big reaction to like, because when I found your first video, you had 9,000. And I think, I mean, you're in, how many followers do you have now? I have a 20, like, I mean, going into 25K or something. But that like, that's a ridiculous pace. It's been about two months, I think, since you posted that video, around two months. Actually, a month. A month. So it's been just over a month, maybe? Yeah, just over a month. Yeah. And again, from the day I found your video, you were at 9,000. Mm-hmm. you're at 20 25 now that's pretty ridiculous yeah. uh, but you didn't have a like yay no I was like, I was like wow like I'm gaining so many followers and I was like um because my little sister always supports me with like my content creation and she has seen my ups and downs and I don't really know where I want to go with social media and stuff but I just really like it I really like the tool so um it was really cool like gaining a lot of like people who watch my videos because before I was making you know putting so much effort and no one will watch my videos kind of so I was like really happy yeah just to say simply very happy (laughs) yeah I know it can be hard to get over it's almost like a hurdle um and it's hard I made videos I didn't make them that long to be honest I actually I was in videos for a different English channel first. So I was kind of used to being in the videos. Um, but I remember when I got 2000 followers, I called my mom and I was like, oh my God, mom, there are 2000 people following me. And that's when Reels just released. So the English content creation was not really a thing yet. I mean, it was not huge yet, but I remember calling her at 2000 and now like I hit 75. 5,000 a cup like a while ago or something like that and now it's like oh it's 75 now but 2,000 was like a huge thing wow yeah I think I I actually remember you when you first started reels or maybe it was a short video so I've like known your face for a while I think I've been out there a while because we actually started not just personally but as a group it was called waitaki eikaiwa wild turkey eikaiwa and like we started before coronavirus so back then there i don't think there was a study in i don't think uh kevin's english room was big on instagram yet uh youtube yes but um like we were one of the pre-covid uh so we kind of had a head start um and when coronavirus hit it was like suddenly our followers went from like twelve thousand to like 50 60 thousand um yeah it was it was kind of shocking but i i gained experience from that and then when i started on my own it was like oh i know how to be on camera kind of thing wow 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 that just like made got me goosebumps (laughs) (laughs) um but yours is even more incredible i think like i i've had surges of followers too i got to ten thousand in five months Mm -hmm. from zero um but nothing like what you're like going like experiencing now yeah with just the english content but i've been making i was going through on my instagram like uh, content i i started reels with dancing (laughs) not surprised (laughs) yeah dancing and I was like wow I've like came a long journey kind of trying to figure out it it took me more than a year I think like you know to find the it content you know the content Mm -hmm. that's it so yeah so it's been like I think it's been like a pretty long journey of like uh, trial and error and like Mm -hmm. trying to find like your own like voice on social media because it's a really loud place out there. It is. And yeah. I want to ask you, like, how do you feel about, how, do you get any mean comments? 
Oh yeah, the delicious video. I was just going through the comments. Like there was a lot of mean comments there. I'm like, I'm like, oh my, I was like, I was like, it's not that deep, you know? Like it's really not that deep. <laughs> I was reading the comments and I want to fight all of them, but um, I was like, it's not that important. Like, I think they were a lot of Japanese people as well don't like to hear or see or but I don't you didn't even say that in the video you're like we don't use it you weren't saying you guys hey you guys don't use it so that's why I was so surprised you're getting so much backlash yeah um, and I didn't even like realize about the comments until like two days ago <laughs> isn't that awesome though? that 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 means that you're you're in a good spot I think <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of, like, you know, mean comments out here. <laughs> so, How about messages? Have you ever gotten a direct message that was, like, really mean? No, I think a lot of my job, like, the people who DM me are really, really polite. And they're really nice. That's what I really like about, um, especially, like, I think Japanese followers, um, they, they're really um, like thorough in their messages and they take a long time and I can really feel that and so I take a long time to like dm them back um but yeah not no I haven't like experienced any like have you oh definitely I've really? had dozens uh between the ones I remember between comments and messages I've had dozens and people ask me in the past like other content creators ask me like how do you deal with that yeah how do you but deal with i actually have a really crazy story oh uh, you would like to hear yeah about one of them so i can't remember exactly what the comment was which is great because i don't want to remember but the person had commented um on one of my videos and what i like to do when someone posts a mean comment is i'll pin it to the top mm. That's so yes so I'm like I'll pin it to the top so everyone can see that you're being terrible um and then I respond I do my best to respond as nicely as possible so I teach this too to other like starting people starting out on social media if you ever get hate the best thing you can do is respond with love or with something nice so this person had brought out something totally like crazy and they're I think they asked me like were you drunk when you thought of this video or something like this is the stupidest thing ever and I was pretty upset because as you know these videos take hours right it right does. even these 20 second videos it does you have to sometimes you have to film them three four five times then you have to check is the lighting okay can you hear my voice clearly and then the editing you know I think for me, I would say on average, um, one second of video takes about one minute of editing. Okay. So 20 second video usually takes me 20 minutes mm -hmm. uh, to edit. So they take a lot of time. So I was, I was like, damn, this person is, is really coming at me. So I actually responded to their comment. And then by saying like, I'm really sorry if you didn't like mm -hmm. the video, like, I didn't mean to, I never mean to offend anyone. Um, but yeah, like if you want to talk about it, like let me know. Mm. Send me a message with more hateful stuff, like directly. And I was like, wow, this person is really going deep into my character. So I let it sit for about six hours and I messaged him back. And I was like, again, I'm very sorry if anything offended you. Like I, I put a lot of effort into these videos and you obviously didn't like this one, but have you tried watching some of my other ones? Like maybe you might not feel that way. Um, and I asked them at the end, I was like, but by the way, like I I'm just a stranger to you, but is there something bothering you like in your personal life? Mm -hmm. And the person responded, this is like a day later, they responded by saying like, um, I'm so sorry, like yesterday I was in a terrible mood and my girlfriend just broke up with me and it's just been a terrible month and I just took it out on you oh and I was absolutely shocked I was like 
wow, this person has actually apologized. And I respond to them by saying, that's like, I, I understand that. But as a content creator, I am fine because I, I know how to deal with this. But there are a lot of content creators who respond very, very, very negatively to these kinds of things. I mean, to, to a point, I mean, there's even been people who commit suicide after these hate comments. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a situation like that with the Terrace House right. girl. Uh, really, really sad. Yeah. But uh, so I, I told him, I was like, can can you please stop doing that? If that if that's your way of taking out your anger, please stop doing that. And they said, yeah, like I'm gonna make some improvements with my like anger and stuff like that. And I was like, oh wow, great. So I told them, I was like, feel free to message me anytime. And they're like, yeah, you totally changed my perspective on. Wow. I think it should be like counseling with Jacob. Or <laughs> <laughs> like not with English with Jacob. You should have a different branch. <laughs> I'm gonna have to Helping open a new, uh, new thing. That that's but that was amazing to me. Mm. I was like, I, I wasn't trying to to get this response. I was just telling them, like, hey, don't do this to other people. But I was not expecting the person to actually admit right. to the mistake and then even further apologize and all this stuff so to anyone who is receiving hate comments either don't respond or just send them something nice because the other person is obviously going through something yeah on strangers yeah that's a really good lesson like that's really because um now um i i just watched netflix's like celebrity that show that's that's really trending right now on Netflix and it's about have you watched it I haven't seen it yet oh yeah it's you know it's about social media and how people become famous but there's also haters that try to ruin your life and really drive you into perhaps suicide and you know so it's like all about that but the whole message is they're um, those like haters are just, you know, they're just a human being, you know, and there, there's like, there's a, those haters are just like a person, a human being like us, and they might be going through many different things too. So yeah, that's why, like, I, yeah, I tend not to argue back yeah. with these. Yeah. That's like the smartest way. And then thank them for commenting. I always do that too. I always <laughs> tell them, Thank you so much for your comment. Like you obviously put effort into it. Yeah. The way I, so this is like responding to the, the follower side, but for, for the content creator side, because recently I've been doing a little thing where I'll DM like these people who are very obviously just starting out. I'm like, Hey, if you need any help with your content creation, just let me know. Mm -hmm. We'll hop on Zoom for 10 minutes and then I'll just help them out get started because it was tough in the beginning right so what i often tell them because they're asking about the hater thing um and a lot of people get upset about it i always tell them if you think about your audience so in my case it's seventy five thousand. First of all seventy five thousand people can't even fit into the tokyo dome but let's imagine that i'm standing in center field of the tokyo dome mm -hmm. there are all of my followers in the stadium. I would say only about 0.001% of those people are haters. So imagine all of your followers are cheering for you. And then imagine all of your haters are yelling the absolute worst things at you ever. If you're standing in center field, there's a 0% chance that you can hear anything that they're saying. Mm. So that that's how I like to put it. Um, and that's how like meaningless uh, paying attention to these this hate is because right. you can't even if you put it in perspective right I've never actually thought of it like that so that's really that's really helpful yeah because those hate comments those like negative comments negative words are really powerful and so they can really get at you even if it's just one out of all the positive comments, you'll highlight the negative one and you'll kind of think about it. 
you know, so that's a, I'll, I'll use that tool. Thank you. Counselor. Yeah, I, think, counselor <laughs> I think it applies to English learning too. A lot of Japanese students specifically will highlight their mistakes. Right. And it's like, look, you, you got nine correct and you just made this one grammar mistake. It's not, it's not a big deal. Like we should, we should really get used to making mistakes a lot more, I think. Right, right, right. And like really highlight and trying to not highlight the negative parts, but really focusing on the positive. That's how I I get a lot of comments on how to become, how do you become more positive or how do you, you know, how do you, how can you develop a more positive outlook? Now, I think it's really about, you know, focusing and growing the positive side, which we, I want to talk about this too. Like it's, it's a big, like, culture and America like how I grew up and I think it goes back to the first question like how was it growing up in the states um I want to add to that like uh, really highlighting the positive things and growing that growing your like strengths um, and forgetting about or like yeah not even like realizing about the negative things (laughs) (laughs) you kind of you know all the mistakes that you make all the failures all the failures that you make so. I want to transition there. Um, yeah. You so what? What do you think is the difference? Like, did you? When did you realize that this was a, a difference? Like between the states and Japan? Like, at what point were you like, oh, there's a cultural difference here? Right. So I didn't even realize or think about it when I was in the states, but when I first came to Japan when I was 21, um, and I I started working here. As soon as I start, like, I think it was day one, I realized. <laughs> yeah, I think what? I made, yeah, day one. I, um, it was on a Monday because I started working on a Monday. And back then it was more, uh, it, you know, pre-COVID. We had chore and, uh, you know, chore. Oh, yeah, so fine. it's like when um, all of, so I was working at a really big IT company. So it was just a floor of like, just my team of two, I guess, 200 people um doing yeah so uh they'll be just going over the numbers of the week um the goals that they hit and stuff and all the shinyu shine all the newbies um had to um introduce yourself and so i introduced myself with one other girl and the hombucho like the head guy <laughs> of the department asked me um what and what is your hohu and I didn't really know that word. And I guess like you use the word hofu a lot in Japan, Japanese culture. But I was like, oh, like, what is that word? Like, what is he asking? And so they were, you know, so people, when people saw that, they're like, oh, she's really American. She really doesn't know Japanese. And from there, like every meeting I went to that day, they're like, oh, like you're that American girl who doesn't know that word. Kind of like picking on me for like my <laughs> pretty like, you know, mini failure. And from mm-hmm. then on, um, everything I did wrong, um, they would really pick at, like, not pick at me, but, like, like they would criticize me for it, you know, scold me for it, like, you should have done, like, this, this, this. I was really not used to that kind of way of, like, be, being, like, education, because in America, it's more of, like, oh, you're really good at this, you know, amazing. Like, even if you're not perfect, they'll say, perfect, fantastic, beautiful, you know? wonderful and like you're not really you know it's like it's not even perfect but they they tell you you're perfect and you're good (laughs) but in Japan like even if you're really good at something that little thing that you don't do correctly they'll say okay you have to you have to improve on this and they don't really mention the stuff that you do really well and so Mm -hmm. the first yeah from day one to the first six months I actually it was like the hardest time of my life, I think. Um, not like, you know, my life, but I guess like when I really think about it the past um, past many years, like living in Japan, I think those are the, the toughest times in Japan, trying to adjust to how Japanese people like think and how Japanese people like kind of like, yeah, think like treat you, the culture. That was like the biggest culture shock for me. After six months, I wanted to quit my job. <laughs> I was like, I can't take it anymore. And 
I told, I, you know, I told my boss, I, you know, I, I can't take this anymore. It's too much criticizing. <laughs> you know, right. There must be things that I'm doing, but I was really believing that I wasn't doing it right, doing my job correctly. And I was really a bad employee. So I was like, I'm a really bad employee. Like, I just don't think I can do it. <laughs> so um, I would like to quit my job yesterday <laughs> so a good I yeah <laughs> yeah but so yeah day one I realized are you still doing that now the job yes no no actually um so I um worked at a big you know company for four years and then um I think a year and a half ago um I was like I want to do something else um, I've always wanted to teach dance. I've always wanted to do more content creation, kind of like living life, not in a box. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're young, that's like the best time to do whatever yeah. you want, because like the ability to, even if you fail, you can, you can get right back up. Right. Yes. Yeah. I really preach this because a lot of my younger Japanese friends there, a lot of them are like, and we're going to get into this topic more. They're like, I want to do this, but I need to get a secure job first before I start doing this. The one question I ask them is, what is your worst case scenario? If all you do this, you go become a dance teacher, you're living your passion for a year, and it goes terribly wrong. What is your worst case scenario? And almost every single one of them are like, oh, I'd have to move back home, or I'd I wouldn't have any money or I wouldn't be able to travel anymore. I'm like, you realize that that is not a bad scenario. Your worst case scenario is you go home and your mom keeps cooking for you. Some people's worst case scenario is they can't feed their kids. Some people's worst case scenario is they don't have money for rent. Some people's worst case scenario is they can't pay for their own dinner. Right. So when I, when I ask them this and I get this like, oh, I would have to go home. I'm like, if that's the reason you're not doing it, then don't even try because you're obviously not committed to to doing it. Um, but yeah. So why why is it? Why do you think? Because over here in in the West, in Canada and the States, the job security thing is definitely important. But I don't think we see it as an important thing until we actually have a, our own families. Um. I think people in their 20s, job security is not really a thing that ever really becomes a big concern. So why do you think it is that in Japan that is a concern? I think um, I've never like actually um, was educated in Japan, but I feel like it really starts off, starts in like the, the Japanese education system. I think it's just my hypothesis. Um, but when I, because I teach uh, Japanese people now like dance and like English and whenever I see kids they're so perfect you know they're so like majime they're so um everything is so perfect about them and they try to be right and so and and I think that gets ingrained in you know Japanese people like in middle school high school and then college and then you know you get a job and then you work there for life, kind of. Like that's maybe um like I think like the like stability, the perfectionism type. Like I there's you know many, many different types of people, but of course. Um, just like you know, stereotypically like speaking, um, I think that's it. And also um since like Japan is a very, very if you compare Japan to other countries, it is a very small island. Yes. So, yeah, so I think like um, naturally our, you know, way of thinking gets a little bit closed off and then you don't really see the outside world because in Japan, there's mostly Japanese people, right? Yes. Like walking around because <laughs> in the States, there's, you know, many different types. You don't even know where that person is from. This is, this is the thing I've when I'm in Japan, people always ask me where I'm from, which is totally fine. Um, but in Canada, I have never, ever in my entire life, even though I'm half, I've never been asked, are you Canadian? Never. 
And it's not a question that we ask people because we just assume if you're in Canada, unless you tell me otherwise, you must be Canadian. doesn't matter if you're Chinese or Japanese. If you're here, I, I guess you're Canadian. We would never ask someone if they're from here. Um, we might ask about their background, but we just assume that they're from here. Whereas I've noticed in Japan, even my half friends have been mistaken for a foreigner, mm -hmm. even though they can't speak any other language than Japanese. And I feel like that's a little bit disappointing. Um, and I hope that we can, because no matter what happens with me, um, I, I will very likely marry a Japanese person. No matter what, my kids are going to be mixed. Um, so I would be very sad if my kids had to grow up being asked like over and over again, are you really Japanese? Or I, I feel like we need to get a little bit more open with uh, with uh, half people in Japan. Yeah, that's a that's one like that. I think that's really big. But no, because this is the the very first place I've been to where like for me it's like it's a little bit more comfortable to be in right right, right? because living in uh the states like going back to the first question like yeah it's hard to kind of live as an asian in the states because you have smaller eyes your features are as beautiful as the other westerners and just like just physical you know appearance wise too so um, yeah, being here and and everyone's kind of like in, in the States, everyone is um, like better than you kind of. Um, I don't know, like that's just like how I felt like everyone's so they're trying their best, you know, they're always making a lot of effort to be the best kind of because I, I guess I was in a very competitive environment. I'm not really sure, but everyone is like working so hard to, you know, like not like outcompete anyone, but to, you know, to make efforts. Um, in Japan, I think like everyone is like, a little, it's a little bit more peaceful in a sense. Like everyone's like, oh, minna de shuni. you know, like everyone's kind of like working together. And I really love that. And this is the first country I've been in um, where I felt a sense of like togetherness with my people. <laughs> yeah. We're like, that must be that must have been interesting um because of course when you first moved to japan you, you described already that you had some difficulty with the work environment but it must have been difficult because appearance wise you're very obviously japanese um so you you fit in right away like that but it must have been strange to fit in like that but still feel like a bit of a cultural gap upon arrival yeah yeah, it was very it was very interesting because I thought I was at a disadvantage when I first came here because I looked Japanese and then but um my guess my like my actions and how I think yeah my yeah um everything is like not that Japanese so they're like they watch me and they're like huh like she's supposed to be Japanese but she's quite rude or like not polite I'm not trying to be not polite or you know, rude to anyone, but it just comes off like that. And it was like, yeah, it was a very interesting gap. I think not just for me, but for a lot of other people around me, they're like, oh, that's a interesting human being, out, you know, there. Like I've never right. seen such a person. I, yeah. I was going to say that that must have been quite a bit of pressure. Mm, I didn't really, sure. yeah, I guess so. Like I, I felt um I I don't know how I felt I didn't feel like pressured that much but um it was just like I was like oh no one understands me kind of you know <laughs> very interesting I've actually had that kind of totally different of course I'm not Japanese but I've had a similar type of problem with dating mm. where people forget that I'm not actually I, i'm fluent in japanese but i'm not a native speaker so every now and then if i get a little bit frustrated or if i'm really excited sometimes my japanese comes out stronger than a native japanese person would say it 
And I've gotten into a lot of arguments with now ex girlfriends because、mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, and I'm like, no, I didn't mean it like that. And but they've they've already started to like be like, no, I don't want to talk anymore. But I'm trying to explain, like, no, like, if it was in English, it, it wouldn't have sounded as strong. Um, so I've had that problem where people are because my Japanese is good. They just assume I'm fluent, which is kind of similar to your situation where they, you're Japanese. So they just assume that you are going to fit into all the cultural norms. So, yeah, I've had that problem、yeah. multiple times. The assumption that people make. Just, yeah. But then when you realize you, you and that person who's kind of like judging you have lived different lives, like completely different lives. Right? Like, how, like, from since preschool, <laughs> right? Since preschool, like, the, like, days are, you know, days are long and short, kind of, but like, the, the number, the amount of the length that you were not raised like that person, kind of judging you, <laughs> is so different. It's like so long and the environment is so different, you know? So, Yeah, the assumption is like, that's an interesting part. I realize it's an interesting perspective to have. It's like, wow, you know, we, they think that we're the same kind of because we can speak the same language and we kind of look, you know, not alike, but, <laughs> you know, similar. We're the same.、Right. So, but when you think of like how you were raised, it's so different. And I think we kind of forget about that sometimes. And, When I first came, that was definitely something I had to like wrap my mind around. Yeah. Even to this day, too. I think. I'm wondering do you see yourself living in Japan in the future? Or like, what does your ideal living situation look like in the next like 10, 20, 30 years? In 20, 30 years, I think. I really loved my education. I don't know. I think, like, you do too. Like,、um, you do too. Like, your education outside of Japan. So, my education in the States, I really liked.、Um, so, I think I was able to really focus on、um, like creative thinking, like critical thinking. The way、uh, the American education system is, I think that. I mean, that has shaped me a lot. So, and I liked how I think、um, maybe like outside the box.、Um, so, I like the education so, system. So, maybe I would、um, raise my kids in、um, outside of Japan, but it doesn't really have to be America, I think, for me. Yeah, come to Canada. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, Canada. <laughs> Canada is like a really great place. Also- Where I'm from, it doesn't、mm-hmm. snow. Really? It's、every single、okay. day in the summer is 25 to 27 degrees. It will not rain. It's not too dry, though.、Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, should, you should move here. The Canada. Yeah, but like, seriously, it, it really doesn't have to be America for me. Like, it can be Canada, it can be like Europe or anywhere. So I'm not, I don't really have a closed mindset on that. But I also, also wonder what it would be like to raise kids in Japan. Because whenever I teach, Uh, dance in English to my students. There are some international students, international or international school students、um, who speak perfect English.、Um, so it's like, oh, you can raise your kids in Japan and they can speak perfect English. But I guess, like, the culture wise, the mindset that you can really learn、um, outside of Japan is really precious.、Um, but But yes, but I do also like the entertainment and everything in Japan. So I would like my kids to, you know, do more entertainment and like dance and stuff in Japan too. I think it's one of the best in the world. So I would really, I would really have to see. I don't really have big, you know, I just kind of like live in the moment. So、um, I don't really know. It's a great way to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, I get this question a lot, and I've actually put some very, very, very serious thought into it because、um, 
I, I have been in a couple very serious relationships where it's like, okay, we're actually thinking about getting married and like, what's it going to look like? Are we going to live in Canada? Are we going to live in Japan? When we have kids, are we going to have to move? Um, the way my job is right now, uh, I'm very flexible. I, I'm very lucky that I have a choice. A lot of people don't have a choice. Work is here, so we stay here. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do have the option. So the way I see it is until I have kids, I, I think I would actually prefer to live in Japan mm -hmm. with my partner. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have a girlfriend now, but mm -hmm. um, if we were to get married, I think I'd rather spend that time in Japan and then um, after having kids, I, I think it would be very difficult for me uh, personally to raise them in Japan. Uh, Why do you think so? I just feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot more challenges. It, th there'd be a lot of challenges for me specifically, mm -hmm. I think. Um, just because I've heard a lot that it's not as common to see like a really involved dad in like activities and stuff. Like I, I hear this, I'm only speaking from what I've heard from my students, but um, all these like family events, it's oftentimes just the mom because dad is working. So I feel like I, I might be a little bit sad or uncomfortable to be like, like that. Whereas here, I feel like parenting is, is a lot more balanced. Um, and of course, we could do it like that in Japan as well, but it, it might feel uncomfortable or it might be uncomfortable uncomfortable for my children mm. um, that way. So I'm not sure if I could be if I could be the best parent. Right. Uh, for kids wise, I think I mean there between Canada and Japan, there is no wrong choice. They're both great countries. They're both safe countries. They're both there's fantastic people um, in both places. So there is no wrong choice, but I think I would prefer as someone who grew up with a very big family, 17 cousins, uh, my dad has 10 siblings, uh, nine siblings, um, and they're all in the Victoria or Vancouver area. As someone who grew up with that, um, it would be hard to have my kids away from all that. Like my cousins are starting to have kids now and they're growing up together and they're like siblings um when we have a family event there's like 45 people like I, i'd be very sad if if my kids had to miss out on that so i'm not really sure the best way to do that mm, that's so true with like uh, what you said about uh, activities like being involved in children's activities because um i remember like my dad is a very japanese dad <laughs> so um my mom would be like you know, we have band concerts. So we have, uh, like, I don't know, basket, uh, like performances, you know, all those kinds. There's a lot of events, like school events in America. And yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. But I remember like, it was like mostly my mom coming to those and like not my dad, but my mom would see all these different dads, hmm. you know, they would skip work or like they would, you know, or they would get off work earlier to participate and come to those events for their kids. So my mom was like, oh, wow, Ameri or like American guy or dads um, are really involved. Like they, they, they are willing to, you know, get off work earlier for their kids. Like it's really family first. Um, but definitely in Japan, I think that's a different culture, perhaps. I'm not really sure. I'm not really familiar, but... I, I don't I think it's I think it's tied to the work culture though where oh. like it's not easy to just take off early whereas in in this Canada and the states a lot of times I know for a fact on a lot of Fridays um some offices or some workplaces like local businesses will just be like everyone let's just go home at three today oh yes and like that will never ever ever happen I, I can't imagine that happening in a Japanese workplace where it's like, all right, everyone, close your computers, like, go home. Like, I just can't imagine that happening. So I think there's a lot more flexibility over here. Yeah, definitely. Where if I continued exactly doing this work exactly while living in Japan, I think 
it would go smoothly. But if I had to take up a company job, which I, I might I may have to if I was in Japan, um, I, I think I would lose a lot of that. I would feel like I'd miss out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think like I think the yeah the parenting culture really tied to the working culture. It's super tied. It's it's a little bit sad to see sometimes. Um, yeah, and I understand it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that really goes in with like, uh, uh, raising kids too. It's like how you're raised in Japan. So, uh, we have found the the, <laughs> the the roots of this whole this whole thing. Like I think. Really the work culture is <laughs> something that really you have to take into consideration. I think so, mm -hmm. for sure. So Misa, tell me what it was like growing up in the States. Well, yes, I think that's a question that actually, I think I don't really answer that much in Japan. Um, but growing up in the States, I think it was... It was quite an interesting experience in a sense that um, it was it was like I think that has like set up a lot of what I like how I think right now. I think like mostly like how I work. I work in a very spontaneous kind of way, and I know like growing up in Japan, it's mostly like you know like kichiri, like everything has to be very very in a box, you know. Yeah. But how I work is very different. I think I work very kind of sporadically, um, a little bit scattered. <laughs> but um, but it, like having fun and having fun along the way and like being okay with that. So I think that is kind of like the mindset that I have really um, built upon as I was, you know, um, growing up in the States. That's a really hard question to ask because <laughs> hard question to answer. Because I think there is a lot because I grew up in a bilingual culture because I would speak Japanese in the house with my parents because they're both Japanese, but I would speak in English when I'm at school. So from 8.45 to 3.30, I'll be speaking in English. And then from 3.30 or 3.40, when I get picked up from my mom, um, I would start Osaka-ben. Like, like Japanese, okay. you know, and then over the weekend, I will be going to Japanese school. Mm. So, um, so yes, I would go to school like maybe six times a week um, to speak, you know, to be able to speak Japanese because that's what my you know parents wanted. So I think it was a lot of schooling, actually. I'm really jealous of the kids in Japan. I mean, they do have to do a lot of school, but. There's a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of places to have fun, like um, good food, good places you can just hang around. But living up in the States, it was quite um, not boring, <laughs> but a lot of schooling and a lot of um, just like going to school, going home, <laughs> studying, doing dance because I did dance. I don't know. I think I had a really educational time in, in the States, I think. <laughs> More so like than I have in Japan. But, yeah. I'm kind of assuming that most kids who grew up in a bilingual setting grew up with more schooling. Yeah. Um, because of the language school. And I actually have a question about that specifically. What kind of kids were at your Japanese school? Um, I think so. What kind of kids? I um there were two types of kids. People um who know that they were they will stay in the states for their whole life and then another like type of kid who um they like they came to the states for their like dad's work and yeah so they were kind of forced into that environment and then they had to keep on learning japanese and to um to preserve their japanese um because they know that they would go back to Japan in the future. So there's like those two types. And I was actually neither because I didn't know. So I was just studying Japanese to study Japanese and be good at it. Because I I, I think I guess I kind of knew like what you know, if I would ever go back to Japan, but 
So those were the two types of kids and I was not, not neither one of them, but. <laughs> were there any non-Japanese kids? No, no. So everyone was either, like there were half people? Yeah, half people um, who, you know, Japanese and something, but there were, no, yeah, there was like no one who was like actually not. So everyone was Japanese. Interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about it, but I guess down in California, there's probably quite a few options when it comes to like Japanese school. Um, I'm not sure, but. Yeah, I, I guess there's actually not too many. Like the only ones that I know are, there's two. Yes. Right. So if you don't live, you know, in like the, I guess like the common areas of California, like Irvine, you know, like the Southern places um or like LA if you like live in Las Vegas or something um you have to kind of go you have to go to uh you have to go to Japanese school um by car and it takes like five hours to go to Japanese school so. that, that's what I was gonna say is like, like I think outside of California to be honest there's probably not many places that actually have Japanese schools New York would probably just because of the population but like Victoria doesn't have one I'm assuming Vancouver does because there's a big Japanese population but like other major cities I'm assuming that they don't even have that option right right I kind of I kind of get that growing up um I was very similar in the house um my grandma or my dad would speak to me in Vietnamese not all in Vietnamese but like little things were always in Vietnamese and then once I started going to like elementary school, we just stopped using it. So mm. up until six years old, my Vietnamese was all right. And then unfortunately, I didn't go to Vietnamese school. We do have one here. Um, I didn't go to Vietnamese school. So now my Vietnamese is absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess like language, like schools are really not that common. You know, when you are living in a really English-based country. So it's actually extremely hard to keep up with that language unless you're really, really focused and you have a lot of support from your parents. Definitely. I, I Okay, so just to wrap it up, I do this with a lot of my students, a lot of my friends. I call them quick hitters. So they're just kind of quick questions. I just want to get your opinion. Um. So which do you prefer, udon or soba? Udon. Soba. Oh. Uh, yakiniku or shabu shabu? Yakiniku. Yakiniku. Uh, summer or winter? Summer. Summer. Uh, morning or nighttime? Nighttime. Really? Because you're <laughs> recording this at 9 a.m. This is impressive. Yeah, um, I'm not like a morning person, so it's like a lot of effort. <laughs> I I sleep really late. I think I'm a wannabe morning person, but I'm a night person. Okay, I'm definitely a nighttime person. <laughs> okay. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. I drink okay. like five cups of coffee every day. I need to. Very stop. American. Yes. <laughs> I asked this. I asked this question to my Japanese students, and it's like ninety percent tea really because they're like we have hojicha and matcha oh. and yokcha and you have black tea and i'm like that's true and they're like hot or cold and it's in a bottle um oh, wow i do not drink tea that much then <laughs> oh that's shocking actually really yeah i only drink like water but recently i started mugicha Mugicha is awesome. Uh, yeah, mugicha is awesome. But um, yeah, usually I just do water or coffee. Mostly coffee, however. Huge on coffee. Yeah. I used to drink so much coffee that my hands would get like this. I'm at the Oh computer. my gosh, that's so a problem of mine. <laughs> I need to stop. <laughs> yes, I have a limit now. It's two, two a day is the max. Really? No. I think I should. I can't do that though. When I'm in Tokyo, it was four. It was four. Yeah, four is like average for me it's really bad <laughs> um i have two more movie at home or at the theater movie i don't watch movies but um movies 
at the theater. At the theater? You don't watch movies. Is that what you just said? Yeah, I don't really like. I just okay. So I so um okay. Actually, I think I do movies at home more. But when I like really want to go watch a movie, I'll go to the theaters. But um, I actually don't watch movies that much. Yeah. That is surprising. I know. I want to watch more movies, but um, I just can't sit still for like many hours. <laughs> for, some reason, for some reason, I really get that. <laughs> Getting that vibe. Um, <laughs> and then this is my favorite question I ask every single person I hang out with anytime someone comes to my house if you could have dinner with five people dead or alive who would they be what okay um, um, I'm gonna exclude family okay I'll exclude family um okay so I really like um so listening okay so um first off is Marie Forleo which is like um, a coach that I always talk about on social on my like social media stuff she really helped me with like COVID, like through COVID um, to like find my passion and like find my, like use my talents and gifts to, you know, to help others and stuff. So Marie Forleo, I also would like to talk to Taylor Swift. Huge now, trending. She's always trending. She's always oh. trending. Yes. Taylor Swift. Um, I just love her lyrics. I just love everything that she does um so yes and then I also want to talk to um Brene Brown um she's like one of she's like a professor in tech uh, at Texas University or University of Houston I think it's both um she's a professor like um like studying about uh, shame and like vulnerability and stuff you should do you know her I don't does she have a book yeah she has a book um the gifts of imperfection is one of her best-selling books she has a lot of like all of her um, books are best-selling so that's Renee Brown they I also want to talk to um Mel Robbins oh, they're all like personal development I should kind of like get out uh, of this loop Mel Robbins that's a good one yeah Mel Robbins is so funny and she's just like you know to the point I just I just really love her I want a Japanese person so I will say like an Amnika-san ah okay okay she's so funny I think I just love funny people but Amika-sandra is so like down to earth and I want to talk to her. Oh, can I add one more? Watanabe Naomi. <laughs> I want uh, to talk yeah, to her too. <laughs> she's on everyone's list. Um, yeah. She's on everyone's list. She's oh, great. She yeah, she's I great. Loved, I loved her in the States, like doing her thing. It's awesome. Yeah, amazing. 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 <laughs> okay, that's a pretty good list. Um, uh, I'm assuming you'd throw your sister Yuka in there too. Yeah, we talk too much though. We talk about everything. So, like, so we can leave. She she can make dinner for the group. Yeah, she. <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited for you to come to Japan, Jacob. We're like it, we're gonna have so much fun. <laughs> that is decided. I just decided exactly the day I'm going because <gasps> really, my mom and her boyfriend are coming, and, and my mom was like. I want to book the ticket like now. And I was out drinking last night and I was looking at it in the washing machine. She's like, I'm going to buy it. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, cool. Then she texted me back and I was like, I was kind of drunk and I was looking at it. She's like, we're going September 7th. I'm like, wow. okay. So I don't have my flight. So I looked up the flight and I was like, okay, I, I want to go with them if I can, but the tickets are sold out. So I'm oh. going to go maybe a few days before. So mm -hmm. it's decided like, September 5th or something, I'll be there. Cool. Yep, you and I are really excited. We're like, um, we we should do all these different things, and we have so many ideas. Awesome. <laughs> More um, to come. So just before we wrap up, my last question to you is, where do you want to go with your platform? What is your ultimate goal with the YouTube or the Instagram or social media stuff? But I think it's more of like YouTube. So that's how I started like social media kind of. I, I was first editing videos for a pageant competition. So I was in like a Miss Japan like pageant like when I was, I think it was like three years ago or something. So that's when I first started, but that was during COVID. So I needed to showcase myself on video. So that's how I started video creation with YouTube. And I just kind of fell in love with it. I was like, I want to do this more. Yeah, so that's how that's like my 
that's how I, that's my roots. Like that's how I started off content creation. It was pageant competition. So I want to do YouTube, like YouTube, like making long form video, but I know for, in order to like short form video is like really in right now. So like, I want to do that, but I don't know. I think I just want to make, um, like blogs and like those kinds of videos that make people feel good and, uh, maybe have like a message that I want to relay but video creation is like some something that I want to kind of continue forever. Like even if I like, you know, grow older, maybe I'll can <laughs> do videos on my old life, you know, as a grandma. Like, hi guys, watch me cook oatmeal. So <laughs> oatmeal. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that's like what I want to do. I think it really fits me. Um and since I was little, I, I always thought I would get a job that's like, that was not out there when I was little. Um, yeah, I was like, there's, there must be a job that gets created somehow and it's not out there. So I was believing in that. I was like, and then I would be able to use all of my talents and all of the gifts that I have received from the universe um, and then be able to, you know, relay all of that and create something. So I was like, oh, that's a YouTube now. Like it has, the age has come. <laughs> it definitely so, has come. I think yeah. you're a great, super, <laughs> I mean, like I, I can't imagine a better person to be on YouTube. Um, Like just seeing you on camera, like, like I, I know because I, I film a lot. I can't get to that level of natural energy that you have. Oh, thank uh, you. I can't get there, like. I'm always very conscious of being filmed. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, you just seem to have this really natural, like I, I could imagine you being on TV and stuff. Like there's no way I would want to be on TV. Oh yeah. I I um I wanted to do that too. Like uh, I was like after like pageant competition three years ago, I want I also was going through agencies and stuff, like talent agencies to like audition. And I really enjoyed that. So, but I know, but being a creator, an independent creator is really amazing. I think it's, it's a blessing. So I want to continue that. Yeah. Awesome. And then last thing is uh, for my viewers specifically, um, what's a piece of advice you can give to people who are learning English as someone who has learned uh, or grew up with two languages? I'm sure you have some advice. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, that's a really good question because I never learned English, like, you know, maybe um, like some of your students. Um, but um, I think like the best advice, the piece of advice or that really comes, you know, rings true to me is like, um, like, I'm thinking of, I maybe like someone, it, maybe like many people will say this, but really using English in your daily life so like it's so so simple like you know like this is a phone like this is a like how do you say in English how do you say like in English those kinds of things and then that really becomes bigger it's like how do you say this thought in English and then you'll maybe ask um, someone or like you'll google it or something and then it just like becomes bigger and bigger um, how do you have a you know a good conversation how do you have a good conversation in English like those kinds of like it, I think it really comes with like questioning like questions in your head like how do you do this in English kind of so that you can and then really starting small um, if you're starting off um, because just start off with like little things like the smallest thing this it's hot it's cold so you know and then getting bigger and bigger, not setting the bar too high for yourself, you know, setting the bar low and um, like you don't have to memorize so many vocabularies every day or like tangos every day. I mean, if you're a student, it's really good to learn vocabulary. Like that's what, you know, that's how we were taught to. So, but if you're like starting as an adult, like, you know, you don't have to like do a tango all the time, but you know, starting small, setting goals lower for yourself so that you can continue so you don't procrastinate in um, speaking English, always moving forward little by little and improving something 
something every day. Um, it doesn't have to be drastic changes, like improving something every day. And then it'll, that will multiply and your English education, like your, you know, your journey will continue. It will be everlasting because we're never like, even if I'm speak, if I, even if I can speak English, like I'm always, always constantly learning new things. So we're all like students forever. I think even if we te both teach and stuff, right. It, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, like being a forever student learning Continuing on that journey forever is really important. So. I love that. Being a forever student. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely agree that learning any language is an active, active thing. And yeah, if you don't use it, um, yeah, there's no, that really is the best way to improve is just to use it. Yeah, just to use it. Like, mm. yeah. Exactly how I learned Japanese. I just kept talking. I love talking. Yeah. So. If you like talking, learning a language is not that difficult, I think. No, seriously. Uh, yeah. Anyways, that is everything today. Thank you so much, yeah. Misa, for coming Thank on. Um, it was awesome. I, we're definitely going to do this again. Yes, uh, we are. I think we should maybe even make it a regular thing. Yes. But yeah, we'll be back with more. So if you guys uh, would like to see more of Misa, I think she is at Misa Mosa dot ceo um so if you check her out there uh you'll see a lot of funny content and we are planning a very awesome collaboration so you'll see me on her profile and uh we have some pretty funny stuff planned <laughs> we're really excited <laughs> i'm really excited too jacob <laughs> anyways so i will see you again soon thank you thank you